الحمد لله رب العالمين العاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة وبرز الثانس بلان الله for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. Alhamdulillah, we continue going over the tremendous book by the Fadil al-Shaykh, al-Allama, al-Imam, Imam bin Baz, rahimahullahu ta'ala. We... <coughs> I want to go back just a little bit, inshallah ta'ala, um, reflecting over the the tremendous dhikr that we went over in last week's class and all of the benefits that are contained therein. After which, just going back a little bit, Sheikh Abdul Razak bin Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Al-Abad Al-Badr Hafidhuhumullahu ta'ala He mentions, he says Ma'na la ilaha illallah Meaning, so after we reflect over the meanings that come inside of that tremendous dhikr and we extract from it then we get some beautiful understandings as relates to the meaning of La ilaha illallah He mentions and he says La ilaha illallah Alla na'buda illallah Wahdahu la sharika lahu Mukhlisina lahu deen He says Is that We understand that none Has the right to be worshipped in truth Except Allah and that we worship him alone and that we do not worship except but Allah alone without any partners making all of our religion sincerely unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the shaykh he mentions he says وَهَذَا مِنْ أَجْمَعْ وَأَحْسَنْ وَأَوْفَى مَا يَكُونُ تَعْرِيفًا لِلَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ he said, and this is from the most concise, the most beautiful, and the most comprehensive of what could be mentioned as relates or yani, of what is the definition for La ilaha illallah. Naam. La ilaha illallah. We do not worship anything except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone without any partners. And all of our religion is sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. Al-Hawsil. So in conclusion, or, or the takeaway we should say, the takeaway that we get from this, أَنَّهُ يَنْبَغِي أَنْ نَعْلَمَا أَنَّ تَهْلِلَاتِ وَالْأَذْكَارِ الشَّرَعِيَّةِ عُمُومًا مَا جَاءَتْ لِتُقَالَ مُجَرَّدَ قَوْلٍ أَوْ أَنَّهَا كَلَامٌ يُؤْتَى بِهِ فِي أَوْقَاتٍ مُعِيِّنَةٍ he says, so we understand from this that the 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 tahlilat, those adhkar that contain the kalima al-tayyiba, la ilaha illallah, and those remembrance that come inside of the sharia in general, they don't come just for the sake of us saying them. Meaning that the Prophet ﷺ, he has not taught us these adhkar. He has not taught us these supplications just for the mere standpoint of just saying them. That we say them just to say them. Or that they are just kalam, they are just speech that is to be brought at specific times. And the only intent is just to bring them at those times. That this is not the purpose. 
This is not the purpose that we were taught these adhkar. This was not the purpose that we were taught these supplications. Naam. That we just say them at the appropriate time or just for the mere fact of saying them. Naam. Now, before we go on, I want us to reflect on this bithnillahi ta'ala because <clears throat> I stress and uh, inshallah ta'ala, I want, I'm, I'm going to keep stressing. I'm going to keep stressing this point because we have to seek, we have to look for self-improvement. We have to strive for self-improvement, especially, especially knowing the fact that our life is limited. We're not going to be here forever. Naam. So we have to get busy on bettering ourselves. We have to get busy on bettering ourselves before we run out of time. So I want us to reflect on this, right? These adhkar, these supplications, and these remembrance, yani these dua, right? Uh, or ad'iya, uh, more properly, that come inside the sharia, that are found inside of the Qur'an, and they're found inside of the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If it is not just the intent to say them just for the sake of saying them, or to bring them at the appropriate time just to bring them, then what will we say about a people, individuals, who don't know them to begin with. What do we say about them? People who don't know them to begin with. Now, what do we say about a people who don't know them to begin with, but they know where to find them easily? Now, what do we say about a people who don't know them to begin with, who know how to find them easily, and who own the books of adhkar that these remembrance and supplications are contained therein. Now, what do we say about a people who don't know them to begin with? They know where to find them. They not only own the books that contain these supplications, but they have an app for these supplications that they have already downloaded to their phones or tablets or whatever the case may be. What do we say about a people like this? Do these sound like people who are concerned with themselves and benefiting themselves? Because no doubt, no doubt, these other car, these remembrances, these supplications, they are beyond important. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed them in the Qur'an. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed them in the sunnah. This is why we were taught these adhkar, these remembrances, to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by way of them, to keep our tongues moist with the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, the heart, it, 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 it gets rusty, right? And that which cleans the heart, because a person's concerned about their heart, right? We should be concerned about the health of our hearts. <laughs> now, that thing that will clean your heart is what? Is the dhikr, is the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That thing which brings tranquility to the heart is what? Is the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which one of us accept that we need tranquility to our hearts? And we don't have the tools by way in which to bring that tranquility to our hearts, then we're going to be cheating ourselves. Now, a person may say for argument's sake, well, can I just remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make dua unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And more specifically, we mean dua right now. Can I just make dua unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by using the words that I'm using? Oh Allah, bless me to get this job. Oh Allah, bless me to attain this and to attain that. Can I just say that? Yes, you can say that. 
But is it better for you to bring your wording or is it better to bring the wording taught to us by the Prophet wasallam in those instances where we have specific wording from the Prophet wasallam? Of course, it's better to bring the words of the Prophet wasallam. Why? Because what he came with was jawami'ul kalim. He came with short expressions that were vast in their meaning. Very short expressions, but were vast in their meaning. Naam. So the ad'iyah, the supplications taught to us by the Prophet ﷺ, they are going to be more comprehensive than what we will come up and say ourselves. Now, this is not to say that an individual cannot supplicate with that yani, yani, and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his needs based upon his own wording. Yes, do that too. But do not, do not forsake those supplications that were taught to us by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he taught us the du'a of 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 uh, of uh, istikhara. Naam. When a person is making a decision, how many decisions we make inside of our lives? How many decisions do we make inside of our lives? Take this job, not take this job, marry this person, not marry this person, move this place, not move to that place, so on and so forth. Naam. A lot of decisions inside of our lives. This dua is important. This dua is important. How many of us know this dua? How many of us know this dua? And what I mean, know this dua, we should know this dua, not just that when it's time yani, uh, 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 for this dua, then we grab the book. Every time it's time we want to make this dua, we grab the book. No, but rather what? But rather we should memorize this dua because there is tremendous benefit inside of uh, this dua. Tremendous benefit inside of the, of, of the dua istikhara. So much benefit. I'm saying all this to say is that from the ways that we concentrate on ourselves and from the ways of self-improvement is that we get busy in learning the supplications and we devote time to learning them, to going over them, to memorizing them, so on and so forth. is tremendously important. Listen, the Shaykh, he mentions, he says, He said, but rather these Remembrances, these remembrances. Naam. Ibara and tajdeed, the tawheed al abd. He said, then these are expressions by way in which the slave he renews his tawheed. He renews his tawheed. You understand? We un- do we understand the importance of tawheed? Naam. Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I did not create the jinn nor the mankind except for them to worship me. That's the purpose that we were created. Naam. Now think about this. Think about this. What is needed to sustain our existence? What are some of the things that are needed for us to sustain our survival? The earth. Wait. We need it, right? Need a planet to live on. The earth. All the things inside the earth. The sky. All those yani, celestial bodies that are needed so that so that we have life here in this planet. The sun, the moon, stars, so on and so forth. Without those things, right? There's no life on earth. Without water, it's no life on earth. Without oxygen, it's no life on earth. Without an atmosphere, it's no life on earth. So on and so forth. So when a person looks back and he sees it, then he realizes that what? Is that the creation has been created so that we establish Tawheed. So now how important is Tawheed? These avakar. What a person they do when they make these adhkar, when they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by way of these adhkar, is that they renew their tawheed. They renew it. This is beyond important. Naam, this is what you have to get involved with. This is what you have to busy yourself with. The likes of these things. Not just learning them. Not just learning when to say them. Not just learning what to say. But learning what is the meaning of what you are saying. What is the explanation of those of kar? What is the explanation of those of kar? What is the breakdown? What are the benefits that are contained therein? Extracting that, understanding that, having deep, profound understanding of the of kar. Because these is from these things that the Prophet ﷺ taught us, is it renews a person's tawheed. 
it renews the tawheed of the abd na'am wa tawfiqan wa tawfiqin lil ahd ma'allah tabarak wa ta'ala and it um what's the word i'm looking for it ratifies na'am the covenant with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it uh it yani reinforces na'am reinforces the covenant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This is of extreme importance that we do this Who accept that they are in need of this Na'am وَبِتَحْقِيقِ التَّوْحِيدِهِ إِخْلَاصِ الدِّينِ لَهُ تَبَارَكُ وَتَعَالَى And it helps the individual with the establishment of his tawheed And making all of his religion Sincere for Allah Tabarak wa ta'ala Deen Making all of his deen Remember we always say Right That deen Although it is translated Often as religion The reality is that Deen is, is more than just a religion As understood in the western sense of the word But rather it's a way of life It's a way of life All of his life Is sincere For Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala All of his life Is for Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Naam These adhkar They help to renew The likes of this When a person what Knows them They say them And they understand their meaning And they understand What? Their meaning Naam Fata'ti hadhihi al-kalimat Ma'al muslim Fasubahihi Wa masa'ih So these kalimat They're supposed to come With a muslim Naam The adhkar of the morning time The adhkar of the evening time they're supposed to come with a Muslim in the morning and in the evening. In the morning and in the evening. So in the morning, we should be remembering Allah with those adhkar that were taught to us by the Prophet wasallam, And you find they are filled with the mention of La ilaha illallah. They are filled with the mention of La ilaha illallah. And the dua, the dhikr that we learned, that we took in the last week's class, this is a good example of the likes of the meanings that are contained therein and the concepts where you have la ilaha illallah then it's followed up with things that what that help reinforce yani or or or, or it follow up with things that bring you to that which is pointed to by la ilaha illallah naam it brings you to things that is pointed to by la ilaha illallah those things that are a proof and evidence against the slave so that he must or she must implement La ilaha illallah What's an example of this? There's another dua There's another dua That is said after the salah <coughs> Naam And that dua It is La, la ilaha illallah Wahdahu la sharika lahu Lahul mulk Walahul hamd Wahuwa ala kulli shay'in qadir Allahumma la mani' Lima a'atayt ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد which means none has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah so there we see what لا إله إلا الله the kalima وحده لا شريك له alone without any partners نعم alone without any partners a re-emphasis we went over this last week نعم this is an emphasis upon the ibad and an emphasis upon the nafi. Naam is an emphasis upon the affirmation and it emphasizes the negation. And we went over this in last week's class. So inshallah ta'ala refer back uh, to, 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 to your notes or to the recording. And to him belongs all of the praise. And he is over everything most capable. Naam. He is over everything most capable Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We went over this in the last week's class But also listen That which that which is a proof and the evidence Which shows why La ilaha illallah must be established Look at this Allahumma O Allah La mani' Lima a'tayt That there is no one who could prevent what you have given Wa la mu'ti Lima Lima mana't And there is no one who can give what you have prevented Subhanallah Allahu Ta'ala Yani Allah Allahu Akbar Allah is the greatest 
نعم الله is the greatest الله سبحانه وتعالى يعني ما شاء الله كان وما لم يشاء لم يكن whatever Allah is whatever Allah wills is whatever He does not will it is not نعم everything belongs unto Allah سبحانه وتعالى what Allah gives no one can take it what Allah does not give no one can give it Allah is all powerful so all of this what is the proof and the evidence to establish La ilaha illallah with this being the case all the worship belongs unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so an individual can say we see we know textually and we know intellectually that all of the ibadah belong unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the text is clear intellectually from our fitrah it is clear why because everything else is impoverished everything else is impoverished so why would you ask something that can't benefit itself nor bring harm to itself? It can't benefit you and it can't hurt you. So what so what you asking it for? It's a waste of time. It's like asking a poor man for money. He don't got nothing. He ain't got nothing to give you. Huh? la The one who is deprived of something can't give it. The creation is deprived. They're poor. They they, they have no power. They have nothing. So we don't ask them. And this is why the Prophet said, let me tell him in Abbas, radiallahu ta'ala anhuma. Naam. Ida sa'alta, fas'alillah. If you ask, ask Allah. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. But we see here in this dhikr, right? This remembrance after the salah. This beautiful, this beautiful expression. This beautiful expression that will increase the value of our lives if we truly understood it. Allahumma la mani' lima a'atayt wa la mu'ati lima manat that oh Allah there is no preventer for what you have given and there is no person that can give something for that which you have prevented Naam. this increases an individual's quality of life and it brings to them peace of mind it brings to them solace Naam. that whatever comes their way it is theirs and can't nobody take it Whatever is not written for them is not theirs and can't nobody give it. That increases the quality of an individual's life. That increases the tranquility of an individual's heart. We benefit in every which way, shape, and form. But how are we going to benefit from these treasures if we have not attained them? We will not be able to benefit. So we have to we have to really deal with self improvement. We have to deal with the self improvement. Bismillahi ta'ala. And these adhkar are so important. Are so important. So important. Naam. Really, brothers, sisters, listen. These adhkar are so important. I don't care. I don't care what you claim, who you claim to be around, so on and so forth. If these basic fundamental things are not intact, you are ruined. The Shaykh says, وَفِيَ الصَّلَوَاتِ And inside of a person's prayers comes these adhkar, it comes the tawheed, it comes the kalima of tawheed. Naam, inside of the adhkar. Think about it. Think about that. Naam. All of the adhkar that we say in the salah. Naam. Contemplate on those meanings. وَفِيَ تَحَرُّكَاتِ And inside of a person's movements. وَتَنَقُّلَاتِ And inside of his يعني, going and coming, his movements, نعم, his daily actions, so on and so forth. وَفِي جَمِيعِ الْأَمْرِ And in all of his affairs, you find these adhkar in all of the affairs. A person, يعني, a person, he will find his life filled with ibadah, filled with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they learn the adhkar, if they learn the adhkar, and you pace yourself. This is just some advice now for learning the adhkar. You pace yourself. You pace yourself by taking a dhikr and you concentrate on that dhikr. Naam. And you know yourself. So every individual is different. You do what you can do. Naam. So, so if that means you do one dhikr a month, then okay, you do one dhikr a month. If, that's, if it takes you a month to really get it like that, then, you, then okay, that's fine. The point is that you constantly keep getting better. Because the strength of the memory, the strength of the intellect, so on and so forth, is like the strength of the body. An individual, when they, when they, when they uh, exercise, right, 
they exercise according to their ability. And the more they do, the more they are able to do. This is how it is. An individual, if they're lifting weights, for example, they start with a, with, with a weight they can handle. Naam? And then as they work out with that weight, that weight becomes light, they can add a little bit more. They can handle more, then a little bit more. So the person who has worked out for a long time, he can handle a lot because they have built, built themselves up and conditioned themselves for this. Likewise with memorizing, likewise with the strength of a person's brain, and so on and so forth. The same thing, the strength of a person's intellect, the same thing. The more you work it, the, the stronger it gets. Ma'am? As for example, it's like a person that it reads a lot, a person reads a lot. You'll find that person, they, they will read faster, uh, generally, than people who don't read that much. People who are finishing books per year, so on and so forth, then they're going to read faster and comprehend faster and better what than people who are not used to reading. Man, which brings me to another uh, suggestion or just a question I'm asking everybody, right? You know, they say they got like summertime reading lists, <laughs> and that, uh, you know, Sheikh Ahmed and Najmi, Rahimullah uh, Ta'ala, he used to ask the, he used to ask the students, he's asked the students, okay, during the summer break, during the summer break, what are your plans? What are your plans over the summertime? What do you, you know, meaning, uh, educationally, uh, what's your summer reading? What book you read in the summer? I was asking, you know, myself, everybody else, what book you read in the summer? Right? What book you gonna finish this summer? Right? What 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 uh, what surah are you going to memorize this summer? So on and so forth. Now I'm one of the students. Uh, Sheikh he asked him that he said um, it was Sheikh Zaid al-Makhali, rahimahullah uh, taala. He asked him, you know, what 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 you do for the summer? And he mentioned he memorized Surah Al-Baqarah and some other things in the summertime. Yeah, that's how he spent the summer. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. So how are we spending our summers? This is some food for thought. But anyway, you start off with, with the dhikr and you memorize what you can memorize from it. If it's line by line, phrase by phrase, whatever you can take, you take it, you be consistent upon it, you review it. If you have to say it repeatedly, you say it repeatedly. If it, and you take a portion of it and you say it 50 times or 75 times, just that portion, just that sentence, and you keep saying it until you got it. Then you move on to the next one, and you say that 50 times, 75 times, so on and so forth, and you keep repeating it, and you use it at the proper time. You use it at the proper time, and if you have to bring the book or the app, then you say what you have memorized from memory, and then you look and you read the rest, and you keep doing that, and you keep doing that, day in, day out. You keep doing that, and bithnillahi ta'ala, it will be easy. Bithnillahi ta'ala, it will be easy. Bit by bit, step by step, shayin for shayin, okay? This is just some advice on, 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 on doing that. This is how we this is how we do the real self-help, self-improvement. Now, because these things are needed in all of our life, every situation that we in, we need to know what is the what is the dhikr, what is the dua, what's the supplication from the deen that we're supposed to say given this situation. Now, why? Because these things to jadidu ahdit tawheed وَمِثَاقَهُ وَمِثَاقَهُ الْعَظِيمُ بِأَنْ يُخْلِصَ الْعَبْدُ دِينَهُ لِلَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَأَنْ يُفْرِدَ رَبَّهُ تَبَارَكُ وَتَعَالَى بِالْعِبَادَةِ وَالْظُلْمِ وَالْخُضُوعِ نعم فَلَا يَدْعُوا إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَا يَسْأَلُوا إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَا يَسْتَغِيثُوا إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ وَلَا يَتَوَكَّلُوا إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ وَلَا يَصْرِفُ شَيْئًا مِنَ الْعِبَادَةِ إِلَّا لِلَّهِ وَحْدَةِ Naam, is that we renew the slave, he will renew his tawheed. He will renew his covenant, this tremendous covenant that all of the religion, all of the life of the slave is sincere for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That he singles out his Lord, tabarak wa ta'ala, with his worship with his humility, with his yani, submitting himself, naam, that he submits himself in totality, naam, or she submits herself in totality. So, so, so therefore, they do not supplicate, they do not call upon anyone except Allah. They do not ask except Allah. They do not seek help in times of peril except with Allah. They do not put their trust Upon anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And 
they do not give anything from ibadah to anything other than Allah alone. So all of their worship is for Allah and Allah alone. Naam. This is extremely important. These objectives, what will help you to accomplish them is the adhkar. Is the adhkar, the supplications. The supplications that have been taught to us by Allah and His Messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Shaykh goes on and he says, فَقَدْ وُجِدَ فِي النَّاسِ مِنْ مَنْ لَمْ يَعْقِلْ هَذَا الْمَقْصِدِ الْعَظِيمِ He said, you will find from people those who they have not comprehended. They have not comprehended this tremendous purpose. They're from mankind. Those who have not comprehended this tremendous purpose. They have not comprehended what is the meaning of La ilaha illallah and what it points to. They have not comprehended it. Naam. Men yarfa'u mathalan asba'ahu qailan La ilaha illallah wa huwa la ya'rifu madlula hadihi al-kalima. The Shaykh says, for example, you may find a person they raise their finger and they say La ilaha illallah. They said, but this individual does not understand that which La ilaha illallah points to. They do not know that which La ilaha illallah points to. They do not. They don't know what this what what this kalima it points to. Naam walida tajiduhu بعد قليل يمد يديه ويقول مدد يا فلان. They said, and for this reason, you will find a person will say La ilaha illallah, but then. Because they don't know the meaning, you will find them shortly thereafter raising their hands and saying, Oh, so and so, help me. Naam, oh, so and so, help me. Whether that so and so is, ya, yani, whoever, Bedawi or Abdul Qadir Jalani or whoever, yani, from their awliya, they call upon other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa iyadu billah. And all of this points to the fact that they don't know. Yeah, I've I mentioned many times before. About the worshippers of Sayyid Bedawi, how they celebrate his birthday and they celebrate six months before his birthday too, right? And how in those occasions, from the chants and the anashid, the Sufi songs, the gospel, Sufi songs is what it is, right? Because they got it from the gospel, right? They have in it, La ilaha illallah. But then a few lines later, next verse, whatever you want to call it, they're calling upon Sayyid Bedawi. They're slaughtering animals in the name of Sayyid Bedawi. They're making shirk with Sayyid Bedawi and others. Naam, they're making shirk by calling upon Sayyid Bedawi and they call upon others too in their chants that contain La ilaha illallah. So a person with the intellect that witnesses this, the only conclusion you can draw from that is that what? They do not understand the meaning of La ilaha illallah. They do not understand the meaning because it, yani la yurqal. It is not into yani. Uh, what's the word? It is not um, fathomable that a person would say la ilaha illallah in one breath and then completely contradict it in the next. It's not fathomable. It doesn't make sense. Is 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 no way. The only way that that can happen is that is because they do not understand. The meaning of La ilaha illallah. Now, understand that this is the situation with the majority of the Muslims. Shaykh Al-Bani, rahimahullah ta'ala. And, and, and listen, and I want to say this because this is, this is a really important point, really. The ulama, they mentioned that this time that we live in right now, this is the time of gentleness. In dealing with the Muslims. Now, this is not to say that there's no harshness, never. No, harshness is applied where, when it is needed. Naam? When harshness is needed, we apply harshness. Because that's from wisdom. To put ease in the place of harshness is not wisdom. And to put harshness in the place of ease is not wisdom. However, after saying that and making that clear, let's, let's, let's speak real for real. As the Ulamadi mentioned, the origin is ease. That's the origins, that you're gentle and you're easy. Especially when dealing with the people who are ignorant. Especially dealing with the people who are grossly ignorant. You, you understand? 
Shaykh al-Bani, he mentions that if you were to ask the majority of the Muslims, the majority of the Muslims, where? In the world. In the world. If you were to ask the majority of the Muslims in the world, what is the meaning of La ilaha illallah? He says, predominantly, it will be one or two scenarios. Predominantly, it will be one or two scenarios. They will either give you a wrong meaning, they will give you a false meaning, or they will say, I don't know. Okay, the majority of the Muslims in the world, they will either give you a false meaning or they will say, I don't know. Wait, with such a level of ignorance, can you really tell me where it's justified harshness against a common person like that? That's that grossly ignorant? That they don't even know the meaning of La ilaha illallah? Subhanallah Even though they may be involved in da'wah Because you know Jama'atul Tabliq Involved in da'wah One time a Tabliq He tried to invite me to what they was upon And so on and so forth So in the discussion I asked them How long you been with Jama'atul Tabliq And he told me like many years 10 years or something like this right I don't remember exactly right now But it was something like yani, A long time A long time Close to a decade or more than a decade He was Jama'atul Tabliq all the time, he's out there giving down. The same way he was trying to give me down and call me to something, right? That's what he'd been doing for the time he'd been with them for whatever long time he'd been with them. He's there trying to give me down, right? So I asked him, because you know, of course, we're not letting that happen like that. So I asked him, I said, look, stop. Let me ask you this. What is the meaning of La ilaha illallah? He looked at me blank face. Uh, 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 I don't know. I I don't know what you want me to say. I said, Subhanallah. What do you mean? You don't know what I want to hear. I want to hear what's correct. I want you to tell me the real meaning. That's it. I want you to tell me the real meaning. What is it? Uh, you know, I, I I'd rather not say because I don't know. You know, beating around the bush to, in, until it became clear he does not know the meaning. He does not know the meaning. You understand? Even the translation that was offered was wrong. There is no God except Allah. This is wrong. Naam. This is wrong. Because a God is that which is worshipped. A ma'bud. Naam. Somebody takes something as worship. Then you say about this ma'bud. It's a God. Right? So to say there is no God but Allah. That's, that's not correct. It's not correct from the standpoint of the meaning, Yanni. The standpoint of the the uh, the words themselves is not correct, right? Because do people worship uh, Buddha? Yeah. Do people worship Krishna and Yanni whoever? Yes. People worship Yanni stones and statues and all this type of stuff. They worship these things. So we say these things are not gods. Yeah, these things are gods, but they're what? They're false gods. They're worshiping falsehood because they're not real. They have no power. They're nothing. They're impoverished. You understand? But nevertheless, they're false deities. They're false gods. So a person would have come and they say that it means there is no God but Allah. From that standpoint, it doesn't even match reality. If, 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 if they're saying it to mean that people don't worship these things yeah, they don't exist. There is no such thing as people worshipping Buddha or statues, stuff like that. So that's contrary to reality. So that can't be it. So what's the other thing that that can possibly mean? There is no God but Allah. Meaning that what? Because everything that is worshipped is Allah. So then that would mean that Buddha, وَعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ Krishna, وَعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ To the end of it. The cow, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ So we know that's not the meaning. That's kufr. That's a kufr that's beyond the kufr of, 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 of the Christians. The Christians put divinity inside of one uh, individual, one human being. And that's too much. That's wrong. But now a person says that and that's what they mean by that. Then that enters into subhanallah, everything. Subhanallah. So that, that's not the meaning of la ilaha illallah. Because la ilaha illallah has come to make clear what tawheed. And this is why the meaning of it is what La Ma'buda Bihaqin illallah that nothing has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. There is nothing worshipped in truth except Allah. Naam, Allah is the only one that's worshipped in truth. 
everything else that is worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is worship in falsehood. Naam, وَمَا عُبِدَ وَمَا عُبِدَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ فَعُبِدَ بِالْبَاطِلِ Whatever is worship and whoever is worship other than Allah is worship in falsehood. ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْحَقِّ وَأَنَّ مَا يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ الْبَاطِلِ That is because Allah is the truth and that which is called upon other than Him is false. Naam. Long story short is take nothing for granted. These people who given they give da'wah right and i'm using this tablighi as an example give da'wah got a big beard got his pants above his ankles you know shavar kameez right so it's, you know his outer is covered so on and so forth got a kufi taqiyya on upon his head and so on and so forth seemingly look righteous inviting people to come to the masjid and so on and so forth don't take it as a given and say oh he already know the meaning of la ilaha illallah he most of them don't the vast majority don't. You understand? Because the vast majority of Muslims don't. So with this being the case, how can we be rough and tough with the people who are this extremely ignorant? Do you understand? And then when you when a person is on this level of ignorance, does it is anyone surprised by their social media activity? Because you look at the Muslims on social media, what Allah Musta'an is like they got one foot in the deen, one foot in the dunya. You understand? So much so, and an extreme example of this is those sisters who, and this is the extreme of, 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 yani, uh, it makes no sense in English way, shape, and form, but you will see them covered in one post, and in another post, completely uncovered. What sense does that make? What sense does that make? Completely covered in one post, and then in another post, you're not covered. What sense does that make? One foot in, one foot out. One post is a is a hadith, hadith of the day. Another post is to a music video. Subhanallah. What? What? Not justifying what they're doing because it's wrong. It's wrong all day long. But it makes sense for the people who's that who are just that ignorant. It makes sense. You understand? So this is why it is imperative that. We stress and we convey in a kind and gentle manner, in an efficient, clear manner, that which will benefit the Muslims. And we call them to what? To la ilaha illallah. We call them to and teach them what is the true meaning of la ilaha illallah. We teach them what is the true meaning of Muhammad Rasulullah. A lot of the stuff that's going on right now from these things inside the lives of the Muslims. Do you think that's because they truly understand the meaning of وَأَشَهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ No, it is not. Because their action, they doing this inside and out type of behavior. One foot in, one foot out type behavior. Does that come as a result of a person trying to follow the Prophet wasallam? No, it does not. So, why? What's the khalal? What is the source? What is the source reason behind that deficiency? Is because of their lack of knowledge of what it means to follow the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because if they knew how to follow the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then you won't find in most cases people acting like that. Now, of course, you always got your knuckleheads that are gonna be obstinate and gonna do what they know they shouldn't be doing. You got that. And you know, and you know, it is what it is. But the point is, is that most of the people, and I really believe is having husnul done for the Muslims, most of them is just ignorant. They don't know. And this is why we have to convey to them the, the da'wah. That's why we have to convey to them the da'wah. And there's so many other things that, 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 that could be mentioned um, that are related to, to that topic. But that is a, is a series of classes all within itself. So we'll, we'll leave it like that. Anyway, the Shaykh he mentions, he says, a person in one breath, they say, La ilaha illallah. Then they turn around and they say, Oh, so and so help me. Oh, so and so help me. Calling upon one of the dead ones in the grave. Right? Uh, the Shaykh he says, Have a He said, This is contradiction. This is contradiction. Naam sariyah. Naam. This is contradiction sariyah. بَيْنَ إِتْيَانِهِ بِكَلِمَةِ التَّوْحِيدِ وَنَقْضِهِ لَهَا بِهَذَا الدُّعَاءِ لُغَيْرِ اللَّهِ He said, this is clear. 
this is quick, clear contradiction. Now, this is a quick contradiction between him bringing the kalim of a tawheed and then turn around and negate it by making dua to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody will come with these type of contradictions except the person who does not know what they are saying. لِأَنَّهُ يَقُولُهَا وَلَا يَعِي مَعْنَاهَا The Shaykh says because he says it but he doesn't know the meaning. وَلَا يَعِي مَدَلَّتْ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ التَّوْحِيدِ لِلَّهِ And he does not know that which it points to from Tawheed unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِخْلَاصٌ لِلَّهِ بِالْعِبَادَةِ And to single out Allah alone and to have sincerity unto Allah in ibadah. They don't know what yani what that what is entailed by the kalima of la ilaha illallah naam wa ifradihi jalla wa ala and to single out Allah alone bil with humility wal khudu' and submitting oneself with dua and with all the supplication belongs to Allah and Allah alone wal raja and hope naam wal dua a'dham anwa' an ibadah and dua is the greatest Category of ibadah. But قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بالرادر الرافي صلى الله عليه وسلم يسأل الدعاء هو العبادة. That dua it is ibadah. نعم. وتلا قول الله تعالى and and he recites it. الله تعالى statement. قال ربكم دعوني استجب لكم. Allah Taala he says and your Lord says call upon me and I will answer you. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ النَّارِ سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ And because verily those who are arrogant and obstinate as relates to my worship, then we will enter them into the hell disgraced. نعم سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ They will enter into hell disgraced. So if you see here, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, الدُّعَاءَ هُوَ الْعِبَادَةِ That dua, verily it is ibadah. And this construction in the Arabic language, then it is for emphasis. Naam, it shows his emphasis. الدُّعَاءَ هُوَ الْعِبَادَةِ Naam, that dua, verily it is ibadah. So the Prophet ﷺ, he referred to dua, supplication as ibadah. And in the ayah, Allah Ta'ala, he says, وَقَالْ رَبُّكُمُ دُعُونِ And your Lord says, call upon me, make dua, Call upon me, make dua to me. استجب لكم, I will answer you. Supplicate to me, I answer you. And then Allah Taala He says, إن الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي and verily those who are obstinate and arrogant as relates to my worship. So Allah Taala He referred to what dua as what worship. الدُّعَاءُ هُوَ الْعِبَادَةِ and this is why the Sheikh He says that dua it is from the greatest category of ibadah. Is from the greatest category of ibadah. Now, then the Sheikh he mentions, he brings a incident that had happened, a story, real life story. He says, "وَحَدَّثَنِي أَحَدُ الْأَفَاضِلِ." He said, "And one of the noble ones he mentioned to me." Now. He said, and when he mentioned to me, it hurt me. It was hurtful. Very hurtful. And we all should be hurt by this. I'm, I'm being real with you. We all should be hurt by this. The fact that the Muslims don't understand the meaning of La ilaha illallah, this should hurt us. This, this, this is painful. Because what pains our brothers should cause us pain. You understand? When we see our brothers and our sisters in a bad situation, that, that, that should trouble us. Any, in any event, the Shaykh he says, and it hurt me what he said. فقال, he said, سمعت رجلا في السجود. He said, I heard a person inside of his sujood. Right? You know, sometimes you're praying, you can hear the you can hear the person next to you what they're saying. He said, I heard a person inside sujood. يقول, he said, مدد يا فلان. He said, Oh, help me, oh so and so. Right? He's in sujood and he's calling upon somebody else. He's calling upon other than Allah. وقد قرأ في سورة الفاتحة، but in سورة but in سورة الفاتحة he just got finished saying إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين 
He just got finished He just got finished saying this in Surah in Surah Al Fatiha. Then by the time he make it to sujood, he making shirk. He just got finished saying, "It is you alone that we worship. You alone that we ask for help." Then he get into sujood and he worshiping and asking somebody else for help. Audhu billah. This is the state that the ummah is in. This is the state that we in. You understand? The Shaykh says, He said, This is a covenant between you and Allah. When a person enters into Islam, it takes shahada. We say, La ilaha illallah. Naam, we say, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. This is a contract. If you want to put it in other words, this is a contract. Right? Because covenant, contract, is what I mean. Right? This is a contract. It's a contract between a slave and between Allah. That what? That he will not make dua to anything except Allah. He will not ask for help in anything except Allah. Right? He, he, yani, uh, uh, when he asks, he will only ask Allah. He will put his ultimate trust upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so on and so forth that's the covenant between him and Allah and then he turns around inside the same salah inside the same salah he turn around and when he's in sujood and when we're in sujood that's the closest we are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then when he's in sujood he makes dua to other than Allah he turns around and breaks the covenant subhanallah subhanallah where is the covenant? Where is the contract that he agreed to when he was standing? Where is the where is that contract? When he was standing and he said, It is you alone that we worship, you alone that we ask for help. Meaning we worship you, we don't worship other than you. We worship you only, we don't worship nothing else. That we seek help with you. We don't seek help in other than you. Naam. And the Prophet said to Ibn Abbas, When you ask, ask Allah. And when you ask for help, then ask for help with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then. Uh, the Shaykh goes on to finish the hadith, but inshallah ta'ala, uh, we want to talk about the hadith for a little bit. Naam. So, we're going to save that until the next class. Bithnillahi ta'ala. Fa naktafi bihada al qadr. Wa sallallahu sallam ala nabihina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa jazakumullahu khayra.